There were a lot of important people in the American colonies of the 16-1800s, and most of them influenced our country greatly. In fact, let's meet some of them. They're right through this doorway. Hey there, my name's Raiden. And my name's DJ. And today, we'll be your guides in the American colonies. Our target opportunity today, important people and their effects on society. Couldn't have said it better myself. You see, the colonies were a great place to find innovational, unique, and sometimes even extraordinary minds, as there are a lot of ethical discussions to be had about the colonists' way of life, their relationships with the British, and the way they treated the Native Americans. So without further ado, let's meet some of those innovative minds. Let's start with the Southern colonies. The first person we'll be talking about is not well known by people of today, but made a big difference back in the time of the colonies. In fact, if he wasn't there in Jamestown, Virginia in the early 17th century, there might not have been any colonies. Figured it out yet? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, please welcome John Smith. Thank you, thank you. It's great to be on the show. Thank you. Now, John Smith, what makes you so amazing? Me? Well, I managed to get the newbie colonists of America's first colonial town to survive, which is quite an amazing feat if I do say so myself. You see, when the colonists first arrived in America, they were hopeless. Long winters killed the only crops that, the, that were grown by the little amount of farmers in Jamestown until I came along. Once I had become the leader of Jamestown, I demanded that because of our rapidly dropping population, anyone who did not work did not eat. And while it was a harsh method, it proved to be an effective one. After learning their lesson, the colonists expanded across the land, and thus the colonies were born. All thanks to you. Well, it was nice meeting you, Mr. Smith, and thank you for your work in the colonies. Thank you, and goodbye. All right, then. Our next innovative mind is Sir George Calvert, who is another lesser-known, yet important person. Calvert served in the House of Commons from 1609 to 1611. He was knighted in 1617 and became Secretary of State in 1619. He's famous for communicating King James I's policy. And here he is. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Sir George Calvert, but you must call me Sir Calvert. Now, I have done some very impressive things. One of my most well-known feats was founding and patronizing the Maryland Colony. Is it true you were given a pension in 1620? 
Of course it's true. Just like the sound of King James's assistant calling me. I must leave now. We had a nice chat. Goodbye. Okay, well, I guess it's time for the middle colonies. Let's go! Now, at this point, when we shift from one set of colonies to another, you may be wondering, what's the difference between the three colonies? As you probably know by now, there were three regions of colonies. There were the southern colonies, where our last two important people were from, the middle colonies, which we're about to discuss, and the New England colonies. These three, at first, may not seem different from each other, but they differed in more than a few ways, especially in their economy. The New England colonies had lots of trees, which were chopped down and used to build ships to trade fish and more wood with the British, since they were bordering the ocean. The middle colony soil, unlike the rocky New England colony soil that couldn't grow crops, was very fertile and proved, uh, provided a lot of farmers with jobs, harvesting cash crops like tobacco to make money. And the southern colonies, although with a similar economy to the middle colonies, had less of a growing season than the middle colonies, and most of the land was farmed by slaves. Now that you know, let's get back to the show! Our next well then, let's go to our next important person. Jumping right into it, let's welcome Frederick Augustus, the Grand Duke of York! Hello! Thank you. Now, I know that you were involved in military services, but which ones? Why, the British and the Hanoverian armies, my friend. I am also the Duke of York and Albany. What in particular would you say you're famous for? Hard to tell, you know, but I think it might be how vigorously I fought as the Duke. It might also be because these efforts inspired a nursery rhyme about me that is well known by the people of today. And are there any battles that you're fighting at the moment? Yes, but our enemies are signing a peace treaty tomorrow, so I'm sure there will be no more conflicts. Um, never mind. I've got to go. Nice meeting you. Our first important person is Anne Hutchinson, an idol of religious freedom everywhere and a famous figure for rebelling against the Puritan religion. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Anne Hutchinson to the show. to see you all. Salutations, ma'am. Hello, everyone. I'm sure you all know why I'm here. No? All right, then. I was a member of the Puritans, a religious group of the colonies, famous for being quite strict. I noticed the emphasis on was. I'm famous because while the Puritans forced others to join their cause to purify the church, I did not approve of their ways. So I held a religious meeting in my own house that went against Puritan beliefs with others that felt the same way as me. I was eventually discovered and taken to court, where I fought bravely for my cause but ended up getting banished from the settlement. I also helped co-found Rhode Island along with Roger Williams. The rest, as you say, is history. Well, thank you for your time, Miss Anne Hutchinson. You're welcome. 
Our next person is a famous political and religious leader who also helped Anne Hutchinson found the Rhode Island Colony. Please welcome Roger Williams! Hello, thank you, thank you. I'm Roger Williams, as you know, and I am the founder of the Rhode Island Colony. Of course, I had the help of Anne Hutchinson, but in the end, I am the founder. I disapprove strongly of how we were taking the natives' land, but not only taking their land, we did it forcefully, and we didn't even pay them for their own land. I also wanted religious freedom for those Puritans, because while they came to the colonies for religious freedom from Great Britain, they did the exact same thing here to us in the colonies. I've heard an old legend that you purchased land from the natives in uh, the land was Nascarat Bay. Legend? What legend? Of course I purchased the land became because first of all, I wanted it. I wanted it. And second of all, it's wrong to steal people's things, but it is okay to pay or pay them for the object. You especially don't steal the object if that object is where they lived. What's that sound? Roger, dinner's ready. Be there just a minute, John. Sorry. I have, I'm having a dinner at my friend's John house. I wish we could t talk quite a while longer, but I've got to go. That's okay. Thank you for your time anyway. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, so long everyone, and please, have a nice day. You too. Bye-bye. Well, that was a nice guest, especially for our last one. I agree. So thank you, everyone, for listening to our podcast. Remember, you're the reason we made this podcast, because without people to listen to it, what's the point of you making a podcast? Exactly. And that's quite provocative as well. <laughs> so brag in somebody's face about how someone made a podcast just for you. But in the end, all we want to say is, So long and good day!